We're here because we want to know God more. And that's what's incredible about who God is because He waits for us to get to know Him. He waits, He even waits for us to wake up in the morning. Because all the while we were sleeping, He was doing something. We get to join Him in His works. It's kind of like a little child when they wait for you to get up. They're in your face, breathing in your face. They're right there. And then you wake up, they're like, Mommy, I'm hungry. <laughs> like they're right there waiting. And they can't wait for you to get up. God just he cannot wait for us to acknowledge His presence because He's a good Father. God's goodness is never based upon how good life is. God's goodness is based upon His character and who He is and His faithfulness throughout the ages. And if you've been in a difficult season and you're wondering, I don't know about this God thing or I just kind of know a little bit, I would say get to know God. You don't need to do anything religious. Just get to know Him. And don't listen to what other people have been saying that are negative or maybe they've had a negative experience with Christians, not God, but with Christians. Then you talk with God. And you're wondering, how can I talk with God because I don't, He knows what I've done. That's the amazing part. He knows what we've done and He still loves us. He's that kind of Father to us. He will always embrace us and always have compassion on us. He knew us before we were even born. And He knows our future. And He still loves us. He knows when we rebel against Him. He knows our thoughts and He still loves us. And He's given us the opportunity to have eternal life with Him forever. That's how amazing God is. He sees from beginning to end. We only can see a little bit, but God can see everything. I'm going to ask you to be seated right now. We're going to pray over one of our children here today, and we, we know it as baby dedication. And so I'm going to call up the family uh, to be here with us. And this is Levi. Is Levi two already? He's three. Two. Okay. So this is going to be good. So Levi has an older brother. Uh, well, I'm just, I'd call you little Mea, but uh, Mea and then uh, Aliyah, who are going to be wonderful older siblings as, you, as you've always been because this guy is so well-behaved around you guys, right? <laughs> like, well, yes, you are. And then, of course, Jessica, you and Mea, um, God chose you to be his parents. So out of all the billions of people around the world, and especially in this time, in this season, in this part of history, he called you to be his parents. And so even when he's a little kolohe, God is saying, I chose you. There was no one else to parent this one. So you heard that word, Ali, my kolohe. Okay, we're going to pray that even during those times, God will have his way. But as family, as... as um, you know, brothers and sisters, aunties and uncles, as we watch Levi grow up. And we see him, you know, as he grows up. He may stray a little bit here and there. You might see him with his friends as he becomes a teenager. We as aunties and uncles, we get to lovingly steer him back to God and always cheer him on. I can lick him. <laughs> Levi's like, wait, what, what, what? Yeah, that's old school, right? We, we, we spank each other's children. Uh, only in Hawaii. So... The good news is as the church body, as we pray over Levi, we're saying, God, he belongs to you, so can you protect him? And uh, this is different than water baptism. Water baptism is when you come 
of an age where you understand and you make that decision to publicly acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior and go through that. Some of your parents baptized you as a child. Um, they loved you to, to do that. So, but this is baby dedication, and it comes out of the first book of Samuel, uh, where in the process of a woman making a commitment to God, she said, if this does happen, if I do have a child, I'm going to dedicate him to you. And so we understand baby dedication means as parents, you're acknowledging that Levi belongs to the Lord. He belongs with you, but not to you. He belongs with you. And then he's, he gets to be raised up in a family that loves God and keeps him always remembering that there is a God. So I'm going to ask if you would stretch your hand forward and, and what you're doing, you're, you're agreeing with the prayer and asking for God's blessing. Heavenly Father, we do pray over Levi today. We pray your blessing over him. And as parents, for both Maya and Jessica, they dedicate him to you, knowing that he belongs to you. And as he grows up, at the earliest possible age, may he recognize you as Lord and Savior. We pray that as he grows up, whatever skills, whatever talents he may have, that it would be used for you. But at the same time, he would recognize where his giftings come from. We pray that he would grow into a young, strong man who loves you. And we thank you for this family. We pray for Kamea and Aliyah as they grow up with him, that they will always remember that there is a God that is with them and that they can steer each other in the right direction. We trust you, Lord. We lift this entire family to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all sit together. Amen. Give me some of this, my man. Give me a bump this. Okay, whatever. I'll catch you later. Thanks, my man. I'll be around. Well, Pastor Marsha Krieger is going to be praying over our, our tithes and offerings. And if this is your first time and you're wondering, I don't know about those things, she'll explain a little bit via video, but never feel obligated to give. Always look to God and, and he'll speak to you. And when you're ready, when God speaks to you and you have that understanding of why we give, because giving is an act of worship, then, then we can have that understanding. But never feel pressured to give, okay? But let's listen. So I was doing my devotions the other day. And in the book of Numbers, there's an account of after God, after they had built the tabernacle according to everything that God had said, that the leaders of Israel came and they brought these offerings to Moses on a cart. And God said to Moses, well, receive these offerings and give them to the sons of Aaron, the Levites, to be used for my, for my service. And I thought about that and I thought, you know, here God had done some amazing things for them. He'd led them out of slavery. He was leading them in the wilderness. He'd given them these laws and these rules. He told them how to set up the tabernacle. And their response was one of gratitude. And they were so grateful that they brought offerings. They brought a thanksgiving gift to God. And I thought about my own self and how there's been so much that God has done for me. And I'm just grateful. And my response to him in gratefulness is to give back to him from what he's given to me. So as we bring our tithes and offerings, what we're doing is a response to God for all that he's done and for who he is in our life. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to go ahead and we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. And if you'd like to, um, in the service, on your way out, we have the offering boxes on the doors. Or right below me, there's going to be four ways that you can give. You can do that. But let's, let's bow our heads and pray. Abba Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the wonderful gift that you are. Thank you for all that you bless us with. 
Thank you, Lord God, for the good times, for the hard times, for everything that we learn. Thank you that in every aspect of our life, as we pay attention, we see evidence of your presence in it, Lord God. So would you receive these gifts that we bring? Would you receive these tithes and these offerings? And would you, would you use it to expand your kingdom, Lord God, as we reach first into our community, to our county, our state, our nation, and even the world? Lord God, we give this to you to be used for your service. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Marsha. And then, of course, for those of you who this is your first time back, welcome home. I know more and more people are, are slowly uh, acclimating to this new season that we're in. Uh, I know there are some mandates that have been lifted and, and people are, you know, thankful and all of that. We would always want to uh, make sure that we're preaching the gospel, whether it's via video like this for those of you who are online or here in person. And so we want to say thank you for going through the process with us on where we are today. Uh, you have been phenomenal through the past two years and even getting us to where we are today. You've been so patient, very understanding, but also you've been able to continue your relationship with God and your relationship with God is not built on a building. It's built on who he is. So I want to applaud you for that and say welcome home and welcome back for some of you. And for those of you who are joining online, it might be your first time. Uh, I, I mentioned the other week that God spoke something to me as the, as the pastor. And when I first heard this, I had to process it a little bit because I didn't know like what specific thing he was saying. But basically what he said is, for us, it's going to be a turning point come this Easter. And I, of course, I don't know what that means, what, what the details are about that. But I did recognize that God was saying, I need to prepare my heart come this Easter because he's gonna do something. And I don't know what it is. But that turning point is, for me as an individual, I'm, I'm just trusting that the Lord is going to do something in and through me. And that's what I want to pass on to you. That God is going to do something in and through you. He may have already been starting. And maybe you've been sensing something. Or maybe you've been fighting it. God has been speaking to you and you're like, I don't know. I, I don't think that's God. No, why would God say that to me? And Or maybe someone else spoke something into your life. And you're thinking, no, that's, that's, not, that's not me. I, I, go back to God and just talk with him. And I know for some of us, that sounds strange. I remember the first time I heard someone say, you just got to talk to God. I'm like, how? I don't even see him. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's my thinking. I don't know if it's uh, some other person. I don't know. But what helped was continuously building my relationship with God. And the more you spend time with someone, the more you recognize their voice. And so it is with God. The more time you spend with him, you're going to recognize his voice be in his word because his voice always lines up with his word. And that's where you know that, okay, God is speaking something to me and he's showing up. So I wanted to bring that to you just to remember Easter is coming up April 17th and it's gonna be a day of celebration. We're gonna celebrate the goodness of God and everything about our belief rests on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's the only person in history that said what he was that when he said he was going to do what he was going to do not only fulfilled the prophetic words that everyone else said was going to happen in his life but he also fulfilled his own words of dying on the cross and then rising from the grave anybody can die on the cross only one rose from the grave so that's a very powerful statement and we're going to celebrate on easter today we get to talk about scouting my future and scouting is something that happens in sports they scout out players, sometimes even high schoolers. They'll look to high schoolers and see potential in them to see what college they're going to go to or sometimes even go into professional sports. 
So they scout out to get an idea of what the future holds for that individual or for that team. That's what scouting does. Scouting is about the future, what's going to happen about the future. And so when we talk about scouting our future, if we don't scout our future, how will we know what to look for on our way there? Otherwise, otherwise we'll just exist and we'll just live day by day. It's easy to hear the promises of God, easy to listen to what God is saying and hear his promises, but it is much easier to miss the promises of God. Easy to hear, but much easier to miss. And the future that God has for us is a good one. We just need to see what he sees in order to endure and persevere through the desert times, the confusing times, the dark times, the I don't know what I'm doing times. In fact, this past week, I was supposed to buy a jacket and some slacks and because uh, weddings and, and different things that I do. So I went by myself. I didn't take Heidi with me because I thought this must be, it'll be easier, it'll be quicker, get in, get out. So I, I planned my way. Some of us do this. We look for the parking stall that you're going to park in. I don't plan too much on that. I just know that the first stall that I see, I'm going to get because if I try to get the first stall, by the time I get the first stall, I could have parked somewhere and walked in the store. Plus, I need to close my rings. I, I need some steps. So I'm going through that process. So I park my car, and then I'm walking into Macy's. And I figure, get into Macy's. I kind of know the, the, the layout. But when I get in there, I got I to gotta locate the men's department first. So I walk into Macy's, and I'm looking. I'm like, okay, where are the men's? Okay, that's the women's right there. Okay, oh, that's women's clothing. Oh, O'Neal, O'Neal, that's surf. So I'm not looking for surf clothing. So I'm walking around, and, and I'm like, why is there? There's a makeup over here. Okay, a couple women over there. Got some women over there. Uh, some women over there. Where are the men? Where are the men in here? So I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, there's a lot of women's clothing, which makes sense because, you know, maybe women wear more clothes and shop more. I don't know. So I'm walking around, and I'm thinking, how can there, like, where's the men's section? It must be like a small little kiosk somewhere. Because so I'm looking around, and I'm like, men's 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 and i'm looking around and then the ladies are looking at me like okay is he lost i'm like i'm not lost i just don't know where the where the men's i'm looking like that's not that's not petite i don't know what that is so okay so i'm walking I'm like how can there be no men's in here so i'm walking out of the store i see my friend i said hey um where are like the men's department he's like oh brother <laughs> get another macy's i was like what He's like, yeah, it's the Macy's. Like, the men's are in Macy's. I like the women get their own store. He's like, yeah, that's that's all women's things in there. I was like, what? When did this happen? He's like, bro, for years. I'm like, years. He's like, yeah, years. I'm like, cannot be years. He said, years. So, be with me on this, guys, or anybody. Did you know there were only, there were two Macy's? Okay, who thought there was only one? Yes, you knew had to. You thought it was, oh, kids, the children, like, we only thought there was only one. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I, thought, I thought there was only one, even online. You put it in the chat. You be with me. Say, I too thought there was only one. So I, I thought there was only one Macy's. So I walk into the other Macy's. Or the, is that men's? Is that men's, Heidi? Okay. So I walk into the men's Macy's, and I know where it is. I get the jacket. I try it on. Look at it. It looks good. Okay, we're good go to the register. I was like, okay, so I, I got to get these. And they said, oh, it's, it's, do you have a, a Macy's card? I'm like, Macy's card? I have a credit card. They said, no, but if you have a Macy's card, you get 20% off. I'm like, I guarantee my wife has a Macy's card. 
So I don't, but she has. And said, oh, we need the card unless you have a driver's license. So I text Heidi and said, I need your driver's license because I'm buying something at Macy's. What are you buying? Something. So I, I give her all the information. And then I was like, you know, I don't even have my credit card. Can I go to my car and go get my credit card? I forgot I parked at the other Macy's. So I got to walk through the mall to get to the Macy's. I drive around to go to the, the men's Macy's. And then, and then I come back in. And by the time the, the workers are, they're busy. I'm like, okay, I'm, 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 ready, I'm ready. So I go to the, to the register and I said, okay, so um, yeah, I want to get this. And, and she goes, um, for some reason, your wife's um, card is not going through. I was like, for the 20% off? She said, yeah. I was like, shucks. That's, that's, that's good. If I can get 20% off, I save a lot of money. She goes, I know. She goes, do you have a, um, a uh, what is it called? A bonus star program? No, what is it called? What is it called? There's a star. What is it? S- s- bonus rewards. Something like that. Star rewards. Star rewards. <laughs> you shop at Macy's. So star rewards. She goes, do you have a star rewards? Are you on a star rewards program? I'm like, I'm not in any program. I need to get into a program. I don't even know what I'm doing. So she goes, you get an extra 20% off if you sign up for the star rewards program. So Heidi, I signed up for a star rewards program. <laughs> so I don't, do we have to pay for that? I don't Okay, well, we'll find out. So I signed up for the Star Rewards program. I got 20% off, though. So I got 20% off. Everything's done. And I, I got what I needed, and I walked on, and I'm, I'm walking on. I'm thinking, this is why I don't go shopping. It's so hard. Well, to me, it was hard, okay? Some of you are like, it's so simple. You, some of you are professional shoppers. This is how you shop. So you, that's how you shop. I shop like this. I said, no. I shop like a, at a garage sale. Like, what is this? No, what is this? Coffee cup. <laughs> so we all shop differently. As I'm walking on, I'm thinking, because I know we're going to talk about this today, scouting my future. I'm thinking, I better take more time scouting my life than I do how I shop. Like, there's some planning that goes into shopping. There's some planning and if I plan a little bit about shopping, how much more should I about my life? If I take that long to think about what parking stall I'm going to park in, more than I think about where my life is heading, something's wrong with my planning. Something's wrong with how I scout things. Something's wrong with how I think about my own life. And I get it. You know, live life for today. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yet we wake up tomorrow. We're like, I should have planned for today. I get that. At the same time, we don't want to squander our life. We don't want to go into life haphazardly with making unwise decisions. We do want to plan things out as best as we can. And the great news is that God is able to help us as we journey through life. There's a story in the Bible, the Hebrews, God's chosen people, when they multiplied and they became a great nation within a nation, which was Egypt, they were a people group that the Egyptians saw as a threat so the Pharaoh, the king, said, listen, they're going to be great. They're going to multiply. And if they become greater than us, they might take us over. So let's make them slaves. So that's how the Hebrews, or they eventually were the Israelites, how they became slaves in Egypt. Eventually God frees them, right, with Moses. Let my people go. They crossed the Red Sea, 
right? God parted the Red Sea. They crossed on dry land. The sea closes on the army of the Egyptians. Now they're on the other side, entering the promised land, but now they're wandering in the desert for 40 years. Because when they scouted the land, 12 of them went out as the tribes of Israel. 10 came back with a negative report. Only two said we could do this, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, in fact, in Numbers chapter 14, verses 6 through 9, and if you have your notes, you can follow along or it'll pop up here on the screen or for you online. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, members of the scouting party, ripped their clothes and addressed the assembled people of Israel. And they said, the land we walked through and scouted out is a very good land, very good indeed. If God is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land that flows, as they say, with milk and honey. And he'll give it to us. Just don't rebel against God and don't be afraid of those people. And watch what they say. Why, we'll have them for lunch. How's that for tough talk? It's like, why, you like scrap? I'll have you for lunch. That was the interpretation. They have no protection, and God is on our side. Don't be afraid of them. This is Joshua and Caleb. The whole entire generation of those who complained and those who said it's not possible did not enter into the promised land. Every single one of them had to die off before God let them into the promised land because they doubted God and they rebelled against him. Even Moses himself could not enter into the promised land. Imagine being the last guy to die from that generation. And I don't know if they were waiting like, he did, let's go. I don't know what it looked like. All I know is the Bible says that whole entire generation had to die off. My prayer is this, may we not die off before entering into the promises of God. May we not be on our deathbed saying, God, why? But may we be like Joshua and Caleb and say, God, you have an incredible future for us. We scouted it out. I saw it. Now help me to make those adjustments that I need to today so that I can enter into the promises that you have for me. That word scout means to seek out, to spy out, or to explore. So the question is, how can we explore our future when it hasn't happened yet? How do we do that? One of the most famous scriptures in the Bible, probably one of the most hopeful ones, is Jeremiah 29, 11. Some of you have memorized that. You've known, you, know, you know it by heart. You've known it for a long time. But it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, and this is the New King James Version, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. The world doesn't have hope. Only God does. And that word thoughts is also a word that means device, plan, purpose, or invention. I thought invention. God knows the inventions that he has for us. Inventions of peace and not evil to give us a future and a hope. This invention that God has is necessary for our future. You know, when the iPhone came out and Steve Jobs wanted to connect people and, and bring, you know, a phone, internet, and music together all in one. It was, it was unheard of in, in what was about to take place, but he could foresee the future of communication. He wanted it to be so connecting with pe for people that 
we were able to get in touch with people right away, quickly. Remember before when we would call one another on the phone? It went to a house. So if there was a home of five or six people, you didn't know if you were going to get the right person. And if someone was on the phone, the phone was busy. Yeah, there was a busy signal. Bam, 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 bam. So irritating that you had to hang up the phone. So you call the home, and normally you would answer the phone. Uh, the, the, I guess the, the trained way was, hello, Loxina's residence. Who do you want to speak with? And then they would say, oh, we want to speak with Mrs. Loxina. And then I would say, may I ask who's calling? And they would say, oh, it's the principal of the school. Oh, who is this in regards to? Oh, this is in regards to Sheldon. Hang on. Hello, this is Mrs. Loxina. <laughs> so you did that too. But you didn't know who they were who they were. Right? You had to kind of pinpoint who they were trying to call. Now you call a person. You don't answer the phone. Uh, yeah, who do you like to talk to? Uh, yes, who, who do you want to speak with? It's, it's you. So Steve Jobs had the vision of it's going to be personally to you, but not just with the phone, but you can personally shop. You can personally download these applications on your phone so that you can personally have your own type of whatever game or program to fit your needs. Not we make this phone and whatever is on it, deal with it. It was personal to you. He had that foresight. That's what inventions do. Inventions have the foresight. But do you know how many failures they had to go through? They're still failing. Sometimes this thing doesn't work. How many of you argue with Siri? I grumble with Siri all the time. Don't turn on right now. See, I grumble with her all the time. There are times where she goes, I didn't understand what you were saying. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even speak to you. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I'm not repeating anything. You just, just turn yourself off. I don't know what, why you did that. Like the phones are still in process. It's still failing. Even the greatest inventions came with a thousand failures and still changing still going through different technological changes because they're trying to make things better and God has great inventions for our life for our future the invention thoughts purpose plan that he thinks towards us is to give us a future and a hope and the best way that I, I look at it is having if our life is here and this is our future or sometimes we go through life like this or ups and downs, whatever it is, we're heading in the right or whatever into our future. If this is our future, then there are invention points. God's going to have things along the way to help us with our future so that we can have a, a future and a hope. Our best future is with God. That's the best future because he provides the inventions in order to fill our life with hope. He provides that. Now, here, here's what scouting our future looks like. This is what we learn. Here's the first thing, that God is the one who's going to lead us. That's the good news. God is the one who leads us. Now, we can lead ourselves, but many of us have found out what that leads to, and it's either a dead end, difficult situation, uh, whatever it would be, we know that it, it doesn't end well if we lead our own lives apart from God. 
If God knows the inventions and we don't, and we just lead our own lives, when there are certain points that hit our lives where God says, no, I have an invention to deal with that, if we don't know God and we're not walking with him, we won't recognize it as God using that point for this invention to grow us and mature us. We're going to see it as a failure. We're going to see it as a setback. We're going to see it as something that went wrong in my life and how dare God do that and we're going to miss his promises. If we don't understand that God is going to lead us and we do this ourselves, all of these invention points will be quitting points. That's why it's important for us to scout the land to say, okay, God, what, what's up ahead? Okay, child going to college. Okay, getting married soon. Okay, dating. Okay, not dating. Okay, uh, we're going we're gonna to buy a home. We're not going to buy a home. We're going to buy a car. Like planning things out, scouting our future, see what's going to happen. God, what do you see? Help us to map it out. Help us to figure things out. Now, what does this plan look like? What does it mean to, to, to have these inventions along the way? Because there are certain things that are going to come into our life. And one of these inventions could be unity with him. It could be now you have this connection with God. And now it's a new thing in your life and you're trying to get used to this new invention. Or it could be God is working with uh, uncontrolled anger. And now I'm dealing with how am I going to do this? Because now I know God and I have this anger in me, but I don't know how to deal with it. God says, I brought that to the surface so that you know how to deal with it with me. And we're going we're gonna to process it together. You're going to need my spirit. You can ask for help. You can ask for people to pray with you, whatever it is. But I'm going to bring in a new invention for your life. It's going to be here at this point. What about here? This is what I'm dealing with right now. I have a hard time forgiving. I'm going to give you a spirit and a heart and the strength to forgive people or to ask for forgiveness. It's a new invention for your life. You're going to have to practice it. You're going to have some failures, but it's okay. It's okay to have some failures. You talk to any inventor, any uh, successful company or CEO of a company, they will tell you that they have had many failures, but they kept moving forward, and that's why they succeed. The Bible even tells us the righteous fall seven times, but rises again. So failure is not the end. It is a part of the process. And if we can see failure as part of the process, then when certain things happen, we're not done. We're not finished. We don't throw in the towel. We don't say, this is, this is worthless. I'm not, I'm not ever going to, no, I'm not going to listen to so-and-so ever again. And maybe that might be so. Maybe that is good advice, but you don't stop living. You learn from it, and then you ask God, God, what are you saying to me? How can, how can we do this better? How can I do this together with you? Maybe you want to you uh, plan a family vacation and you're wondering, how do we even do this? We don't have finances for it. And God says, you might not be able to do this one that costs you 15000 but you might be able to do this one that costs you 1500 And you can save up for this one. And maybe 10 years from now, you can do this one. God will give you wisdom. He's so good at that. Why? Because he knows the future that he has for us. But if we don't recognize these points of inventions, and the failure happens, we'll see it as a quitting point. Or we'll grumble against God. Maybe it's something spiritual that God is doing in our life at these points. But if we don't know who God is, then we won't recognize these times. All we know is that God, if you know, and you're the one that's leading us, then we'll be okay because you're the one leading us. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8 tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. 
And I think that's where we might go wrong. We try to understand the situation first before we do anything else. And we're saying, God, I don't understand, so I'm out. But it continues. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He's going to show us because he knows the future. He's going to show us, show us which path to take. And then he says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. It's like everything that God is going to do when we trust in him. We turn to him, turn away from our own, you know, our own evil devices that God says, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring healing to your body and health to your bones. I'm going to make you into a strong and wise person. As Proverbs 16.9 says, a, man, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And that's good news. We're going to scout out our future, but the Lord is going to direct our steps. He's going to help us along the way. I never realized that or understood that when I was first, first coming to church. I was thinking, how is God going to direct my steps? When I wake up in the morning, is he going to say, do this, do that, do this, do that? And it's not necessarily like that. It's a, a lot of it is learning and growing. It's, a lot of it is, oh, I made that mistake. A lot of it is, I failed at that. Or, oh, I should have done it differently this time. So it's a part of learning. The brain, and this is scientifically proven, the brain doesn't learn unless it goes through the failure. There has to have some type of, I got that wrong. So now it's correct. That's why the early years of child education is so incredibly important because that's the foundation and the building blocks on what's about to come. And we learn a lot more when we fail. Now, we don't set ourselves up for failure. That's called dumb. That's different. If I'm saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and I'm going to fail at it, so I'm just going to touch these two wires together and I know it's going to blow up. That's not failure. That's just, that's just being unwise. But when you're doing your very best to succeed and then you hit some failure points, take it as a learning experience. That word direct means to set up, to establish, to prepare, to make ready. And no sports athlete just jumps on the field and says, let's go play. In fact, when we do that, it's called 45 years old, thinking we can still play and we pull a hammy. We limp off of the field after because the brain says, you can still do this, you're 12. No, you're not. So God makes ready for us and directs our steps. He prepares us for it. So God is going to be the one that leads us. The second thing, and, and this we got to do every so often, and this might be something for you today if you haven't done this recently, but it's to walk through and scout your life with other people. This is a good exercise to do, and it's good to do this with other people because you're processing with other people, people you trust and you might have a small community of people, maybe a small group that you meet with, a Bible study. It could be your siblings. It could be your family members, your spouse. But you're bouncing things off of each other and, and you have outside perspective. And when you're talking things out, your brain catches it and you start to learn things. Sometimes it's better to process things out by talking. Have you ever spoke to yourself? You're like, okay, if I do this, then I do that, and I do this. If I go here, and somebody's like, what, what are you saying? Oh, no, I'm just talking to myself. It's not a, you know, a something mentally wrong with you it's your brain is trying to process it so it needs to hear so when you speak it then you get to listen or you write it on maybe a, a note card 
and you get to process it through. You're just, basically what you're doing is you're doing a quick scout of your life and you're doing a walkthrough. But when you do it with others, you seek God, you pray, the process is so much better. In fact, John 15, excuse me, 16 verse 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. That's mind-blowing to me. You mean I, I cannot even, I don't know what the future holds. But as we often say, we know who holds the future. So you're telling me the Holy Spirit can tell me about my future? Absolutely. Now, not like the future, you know, the movies that we see uh, where they can travel in time. It's not like that. It's just he, he knows what's going to happen, so he'll set you, set you up. He'll prepare you for what's about to take place. But we got to be in tune with him. That's why walking alongside of other people, praying together, that's why we talk about community and being a part of a community of people. And taking that time to pray with one another and think things through together. In Ecclesiastes verses, uh, excuse me, chapter four, verses seven, uh, nine through ten. Oh man, I'm almost fifty, so I. My friends are like, you need glasses? No, I just move things farther. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls. The other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We're only in real trouble when we're by ourselves and we fail or fall. But for some reason, we can fail and fall at the same thing, and we won't be in real trouble. Why? Because we have other people around us, surrounding us, praying with us, coming alongside of us, encouraging us. So if you don't have those people, we're going to pray for that today that God would surround us with a community of people or God would highlight people in your life and you would ask them, hey, you know, in church today, uh, we talked about being a part of a community of people and I don't have one right now. So I'm wondering if we could form one. And then we learn about what community is all about and building trust with one another. We, we need others to pray for us, intercede for us, come alongside of us, and we need to be that for others too. Joshua and Caleb, they used these two words to clarify who is involved in their future as God's people. Here are the two words, we and us. Those are the two words that they used in the book of Numbers chapter 14. We and us. They knew they couldn't go about it alone. That they needed each other. In Luke chapter 9 verse 28, even Jesus himself had a community of people. It says about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. He had 12 disciples. He had more disciples. But he also had that small community of 12 and then even down to three. He even said to Peter on the night that he was to be betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to Peter, you're falling asleep, Peter. Can you, can you not stay up with me for one more hour? It almost sounds like a scolding, like, well, you can't stay up for an hour? Stay up with me. It could also be where Jesus needed a friend in his darkest moment. I think we've all needed a friend in our darkest moment, or maybe you were a friend in your darkest moment. 
like we need one another. Never despise what takes you to your knees when you pray to God. Heidi and I were talking the other day about my great-grandmother, and she used to pray for us. And I, I told this story before many times because it's significant in my life. And I never knew at the time it was significant. But my grandmother used to pray for us all the time. She would pray during meals. And as little kids, you know, we're running around and playing. And, and so when it was lunchtime or if it was like Thanksgiving or a family get-together, and my grandmother would pray, we're like, oh, no, it's going to take forever. Because she didn't, like, Lord God, bless the food and, you know, Amen. She would pray, and she was pure-blooded Filipino. So she would stand at the head of all the food. She would raise her hands, and she would start off in this way. Heavenly Father! So, like the whole entire neighborhood was like, oh, Grandma praying. Heavenly Father, we pray over the children, over the families, over the food. We pray for your presence. And she would pray and pray and pray. And she's praying. And it's taking a long time. We're like, the food is pure now. It is like perfect, Grandma. And, she would say, and then she gets to, in Jesus' name, we're like, in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're like, oh, let me know a prayer already, pow. Then she would finish praying. And then we would eat. And then there are times where we would sleep over her house and the room that we would sleep in as cousins was, was kind of like corner to her room. And I remember one night I hear her talking. And I'm thinking, like, who's grandma talking to? And I'm probably maybe 10 years old. And I'm peeking in her room. I'm like, who is that? I see her on her knees and her hands up. And she's praying. And I can hear names every now and then. I'm like, waiting for my name. Is she going to pray for me? I think I heard my name 18 times. So she's praying and praying. And then, but I could, couldn't understand her. I, it sounded like, like I know today, she might have been speaking in tongues, you know, the gift, that's, that gift of tongues or the spiritual language. So I'm not sure. It could have been Filipino. Almost sounds the same. So I'm listening. And I'm wondering, like, does she do this all the time? And then my sister, later on, she said, I used to wonder why grandma's knees were all busted up. I was like, yeah, that's right. Her knees were always like that. It's because she was praying for us. She even caught me a couple of times. We were playing outside, and she would grab me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm like, Grandma, you're playing Chase Master. I'm out. I got to go. She goes, no, I'm praying for you. Heavenly Father, I pray. I'm like stuck. In Come on, Grandma. You smell like the pig you just would kill. I don't like being over here. She's praying over me. Heavenly Father, I pray for this one. He's rascal. He's running. And it's praying for me. And then I say, okay, amen. She goes, all right. And she keeps praying over me. And then, and then that's it. And she kind of lets me go. I didn't know God at that time. I didn't know what she was doing. I just was like, Grandma, enough already. But eventually I became a Christian. And I, I moved here, and this is where I became a believer. My grandmother is on her deathbed. And so we're visiting her. And so I go into her room, and, I, and, and so she's lying there, and they said, she can hear you, but she just cannot respond. And so I said, hey, Grandma, um, it's me, Sheldon. And I just want to let you know that I received Jesus in, into my life. And a tear actually fell down her, her face. And I almost was going to say, Heavenly Father, I pray over my grandma. 
But it was not the opportunity. It wasn't the. It was not appropriate. But then I thought, here is a great grandmother praying for her great grandchild and all our grandchildren, right? And and whoever else. I didn't know what God knew. Some thirty years later. She didn't know. Maybe she did. But all she knew was, <laughs> this kid needs praying for. But God knows the plans, the thoughts, the inventions that he thinks towards us, the plans that he has for us. It's for a future and a hope. We can't do life alone. It has to be with one another. So parents, keep praying for your children. Husbands and wives, keep praying for each other grandparents you keep praying for your grandchildren and your children you scout the future for them too it may not be precisely how you want it to be but if they come to know God as their Lord and Savior God can take it from there and we still pray for them we're going to pray right now and ask God for these things to take place if you bow your heads with me and even online you can join us Lord God we're thankful that we have a God like you who we can pray to who knows our future. We cannot see a great future without a great community around us. So we also pray for that, Lord, that you would surround us with people who will love us, who love you, who will do life with us. Highlight those people so that we can connect with one another and and build that small community with one another. I pray that you give us eyes to see what you see as we scout out our future, our life, with you, with one another, our family. It's not hopeless, Lord. We've got a lot more to go. It's a journey with you. And even the failures are not quitting points. It's an opportunity to learn what you're doing in our lives. So thank you for being the God who leads us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Man, God bless you guys. Have a beautiful day. We'll see you next week, Wednesday at 6.30 or Sunday, 7, 8.30 and 10. Have a great day, you guys.